You're listening to Object of Sound from Sonos, the show where we bring you in tune with the music that shapes our culture. When music lives in the air, it's one thing. But when you know the undercurrents and the ideas that went into a song, when you can feel its weight, it becomes more meaningful. I'm Hanif Abdurraqib, a poet and culture critic, and I'll be your guide as we seek a deeper way of listening. Growing up, my parents were always playing music in the house, in the car, and among the music that my parents played, I'm most thankful for the fact that at a very early age, I was introduced to songs that were not sung in the English language. My mother's favorite singer, for example, was Marion Makeba, uh, who's a South African singer who sung in the Zoso language. Another one of my mother's favorite singers was Celia Cruz. And peppered into that kind of catalog of songs were West African blues songs and Malayan music, artists like Ali Farkatore. singers like Mamu Sidibe. And while Malayan music has a long tradition of vocalists who are women, it has a rare tradition of women who also play instruments. Though, One artist who is defying that tradition and really shaping a new sound, a future-facing sound, is Fatumata Diawara. Fatumata Diawara is a Malayan singer-songwriter who is one of the first, if not the first, woman guitarist in all of Mali. She left her home when she was 19 to pursue a career in acting in France. She began singing in clubs and cafes in Paris and fell in love with music. Her songwriting blends traditional songwriting and instrumental styles of Malayan music with other genres like blues, rock, and electronic music. There's a kind of adventurousness to her music making where uh, every song feels like it is fitting in as much of her exuberance uh, around her influences as possible. You do hear elements of Nina Simone. You do hear elements of jazz. You do hear elements even, I think, of funk. just released a new track called Macera, produced in collaboration with Damon Albarn, who you may know better from Blur or The Gorillas. And Fatumata was on tour with The Gorillas earlier this fall, and uh, we're catching her uh, just as she gets a small break before going out on tour again. 
So I was fortunate to get to talk to her while she's resting at home for a little bit. And after our conversation, I'm going to guide you through a playlist of traditional folk and blues songs from Mali. You can hear that over on Sonos Radio at radio.sonos.com or in the Sonos app, and we'll leave a link in the show notes. And now, my conversation with Fatumata Diwara. Fatumata, thank you for joining me, and I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because I not only love your music, but I love the, you know, I, I grew up listening to a lot of music out of the region that you're from, a lot of blues, particularly my, my parents listen to a lot of blues from Mali. And you're kind of an outlier because while, of course, a lot of women are vocalists in the region, there aren't a lot of women who are instrumentalists. And so um, I'm interested what you grew up listening to or what you grew up hearing and um, how your influences kind of pushed you towards the instrumental part of music making uh, beyond just the, the vocal performance. So I can say in Mali, I didn't see so many women play an instrument. It's not a kind of country where you're going to see a woman play an instrument and singing in, in the same time. Most of the time, women are, we represent the voice. We are the vocals, the griot people. But the, the instrument part was... In, uh, when I came to Paris, then I've been listening to Nina Simone for the first time. And especially her voice, the fact that the voice was super low, and also that she was playing a, um, a, a piano in the same time. And I was like a shock to see that. Oh, cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? And I was like, how this can be possible? A girl singing, but she's doing also, she's playing as well. That was new for me. Then I said, okay, everything is possible then. So I can keep singing as my, my ancestors and try to add an instrument as Nina Simona. Honestly, she was the first influences for you know to me you have a you you do a, a great cover of sinner man that i that i love you know nina had this way of i think making songs feel both sinister and beautiful, you know, and I think you really tapped into that with that cover. And you also have this incredible way of playing guitar, which feels natural and instinctive. And I was wondering if you can tell me about how you developed that style. The guitar came when it came when I was in Paris and it was one of my first tour. We had like three or four gigs to do. And the guitar player at that time called a call just two days before the tour, touring and saying that it would be able to come with me because I wasn't paying enough money and he got another offer with more money. So he was proposing me to cancel the tour and that changed totally my life. That was like the, 
the beginning of everything. I said, okay, I'm at the beginning of my career and I have a lot to say and I have a lot to share. How a guitar player can ask me to stop my first tour, one of my first tour, then I said, okay, this is the first time and it's not going to be the, the last one. I, you know, I, I told the guy, no worry, it's fine, but thank you for waking me up. I thought <laughs> that it was easy. <laughs> I thought that people could be there anytime I wanted for my fight. That I thought that they, they have understood what I wanted for this world. Then I said, okay, be able to play even in front of a million people, but alone with your voice and with maybe a guitar or a piano. I went to the market and I bought my first guitar and I decided to play. And since now, I'm learning by my own on the internet. So the, this way of playing, it's me. It represents still my fight as a woman, as a musician, as an African, as a lady on stage. You can recognize my type of playing because I didn't have a, had a, a teacher. You know, I'm uh, my own teacher and also uh, I go on internet, on YouTube and trying to see how I can learn do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, si, do because I can't read the music, you know, but I can, I can feel it. <laughs> yeah, I think that explains why your, your playing feels so intuitive. It just feels like it's something that is being channeled through your body instead of kind of being mapped it's out, you know. my freedom, guys, yeah. my freedom, brother. It's very important for me. That, that 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 changed totally my history, totally. So now it's like a no. I have no fear of going to sing and doing whatever I want. You know anything? I can go to collaborate with anybody, anybody in this world, and just me and my voice and the guitar. Can we talk about that freedom? You grew up in a tradition where it's rare for women to have a musical career like the one you've had which leads me to wonder what kinds of pressures you were pushing against as a woman and as an artist growing up in Mali. Uh, I, I can, yeah, just a little bit, because I can write like a 10 books about, even 100 books about my background, because my mom was a great dancer. She was very famous. She was starting to be very, very famous when she was young. And uh, the father decided to stop her career and to get her married to my father. And she was like 18 years old, very young. Then when she got married with my father, she kept dancing. She didn't stop dancing. She was dancing with my brother who passed away. With my sister, she passed away as well. And I'm the number three. And uh, when I get born, she decided to stop dancing. It seems like uh, I have to continue what she didn't achieve. And she was always telling me, but you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a girl. You have to get married soon. Normally in your tradition, at 19 years old, you have to get married. And I grew up with that, these things, mentality, that 19 years old, your life should stop. I grew up with feeling myself like a man needing to do things. I don't know why, but I have to learn. I have to be independent. I have to be free. So my freedom is like, 
have a fear that somebody can take off my freedom. Yeah, thank you for getting into that and for being so open about that history. And I'm wondering how that shows up in your music. I mean, one of the things I came up understanding about the region that you have roots in is this tradition, this tradition of songs of advice, the kind of songs where a singer or songwriter is sort of facing an audience or offering advice. And it does seem like so many of your songs are kind of in this tradition, like a, a woman speaking to someone younger. I'm thinking of songs like Uyanye. <laughs> It feels really beautiful to kind of have this continuing lineage of songs of advice and songs of care for a community. Um, is that something that is uh, that kind of drives your songwriting process to, to kind of continue in that in that mode? Naturally, naturally. Every song is like a, a lot of reflections, yeah. Because I can say that music came to me. I, I was dreaming to be an actress before. Right. I did a lot of movies in the past. But every time that I was singing, people were coming, coming, coming to me and saying, we don't understand what you're talking about, but we could feel your energy. You got something on your voice. And then I realized that I could do better with this voice. I could also pass through this voice to share some messages, you know. Then writing songs for me is like my school and schools from my ancestors. We got a lot of singers that who were always singing about the social uh, issues, you know, they were always talking about how women can be, how, you know, like moms to us. And many singers are like that, even Umusangari sometimes. And I grew up with that education. So for me, it's just the continuity of this one, even if my generation are thinking differently, because now composing music is it's changing. The, the, it's more, they're going to more, more talk about love stories, you know, more my baby, my love. And I appreciate all those type of writing of song, but I'm still fascinated of how the grandparents was doing music. You know, music was something to pass messages, you know, to, to change the story, not just singing and having fun. We can have a fun, we can dance, we can enjoy, we can smile, but the most important thing is the message first. It's like a mom talking to, 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 to the, I don't know, you can say even to the planet, because my yeah. music is not just for Malian people, for the Malian people. It's also when I write, I think that everybody can listen to me. So I'm in the process that everybody can be in touch with my music. And it's my responsibility from every song to pass even one line that can illuminate people, to make people say, okay, I didn't know this. Yeah, maybe. Just making people thinking about new things, you know. Mm-hmm. 
your album process, um, at least for Fenfo, was you worked on that album for so long. I'm wondering how you found your album making process evolves. I know you have a new album coming next year. What is your album process looking like for this new album? Is it kind of as rigorous as um, as it has been, or have you found a kind of a creative comfort in how you're moving through the making of this record? This record will be. It's it's incredible. I'm crying every day. It's like uh, the result of my fight as a woman. As a child of Africa, coming from a very, very powerful tradition. And uh, when I'm listening to the album, it's not finished yet, finished yet, but it's almost done. We know where we're going. And I'm so lucky to have a Damon Albarn next to me. I'm so happy that he was supporting me a lot. He's from the the band, the Gorillas, and um, the Blur from England. And it's it's like my brother, my soul brother, because we've been working together since a long time ago, long, long time ago. But I wasn't ready to record an album with him. You know, it was our plan to work together since my first record, Fatou. But I've been always running away. I was always say, brother, okay, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. But after collaborating with a lot of people, after my decisions to be, to make of my Malian traditional music um, accessible to the world, I was needed to study myself what I was doing because there was no school to take me to where I am today, opening my traditional music to other type of music. There was, there was no school to that. And I, I've been learning by myself. So I can say today I'm ready to face anything. I have understood something. And then I said, brother, we can go. And I hope you will like the album because it was a really mix of mix of beautiful melodies and beautiful of challenging my blues guitar and his keyboard, piano, you know, and all the instruments that he can play. So we enjoyed it very much. Uh, you mentioned collaboration and it does. I, I, I wanted to ask about Herbie Hancock. I love Herbie Hancock and um, you both worked together on his 2010 album, The Imagine Project. seems like you have this kind of malleable presence, this presence that can move through collaboration well. I was so excited to ask you about just kind of what it was like and what you learned from him, if anything. Oh, I learned from him how to combine my traditional music to the what I can call Western music. Mm-hmm. When I, I got in touch for the first time with Herbie's music, for me it was like a far away 
far, far, far away. It's like a, it was sound very different into my my ears because this is not the way. It wasn't the way that I was uh, that I grew up with the blues. Even if the jazz comes from the blues, but the, the, our blues have been traveling. <laughs> the blues from Mali have been crossing the oceans. You right. know, yeah. went to America. So with a time. You know, things have been changing. And it was my duty to follow, to go to the, the, the new blues sound, the new, the diversity, the power, and the, the development of the, 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 the blues. So I decided to adapt myself to this music. So now I'm very familiar to the jazz music. I love it. And I think in our day in Mali today, I can say I'm the, the first lady to be able to adapt herself to any type of music. And that is because it's a mentality. It's because I decided to be like that. Because I decided to, to, to learn from other people. I don't want to be closed mind. I don't want to say, okay, the, the, the roots, is, uh, it's home is from my country and they have to come to me. No, I have to go to people too. I have to take these roots to to the planet, to the world. It's, it's a, a decision, voila. Yeah. Uh, to to kind of close this out, I'm interested in um, if you're listening to anything you're excited about or if there's any musicians that, or any music or any musicians that you've been excited about that you've maybe been listening to on the road or that you're listening to right now, now that you're kind of settling back home for a little bit. <laughs> uh, yes. But you're going to be disappointed. I don't know. <laughs> because you don't know nobody from who I'm listening to right now. No, no. I, I would love to hear the name of this artist. I love discovering new artists, even if I don't initially know them. Uh, that's kind of the spirit of the show. I spend my time listening to traditional music. It's incredible. I'm living my time, but in the same time living another time. I'm listening to people I don't even know their name. I go on into internet and I try to look for the traditional music from my from Mali, the old, old, old sound, how my grandmother was was singing, you know, how they were passionate to the music, how they were singing, you know, with at the bottom of their heart, feeling necessary to learn from them. So um, I don't listen to new music. I'm sorry. I can tell you one name, but I don't know if you're going to find it. You can find it on YouTube. I give you one name. It's like uh, one guy that I, I, I listen to every time. It's like a repeat. It's like a loop. He's, he's called, uh, you know, the guy's called uh, Kaujara. <laughs> His name is from Segu, the first region from Mali. There is a type of type of music there, very close to our ancestral roots, roots, roots music. When I listen to that, I'm, I get connected and I feel very in peace with myself and feel in peace with my 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 ancestors. And I don't know if you will like it. It's not well recorded. It's like I'm sorry. It's it's really me. It's my process. It's, it's like voila. Don't 
don't be surprised. You know, you will say, what? She's listening to this. <laughs> but <laughs> you're gonna, you, you are not going to like it. I'm not sure. Oh, I feel like I would. I, I really did go listen to a lot of traditional Malayan folk in, in blues. And so I, I, will, I will seek that out. Thank you so much, Fatumata. Thank you for talking. And, and, you Thank know, you, my truly, brother. Uh, inshallah, you enjoy your couple days at home because I know that rest is, Thank you so much. rest is at a premium when you're kind of on the road all the time. So I, hope you, I hope you get a little bit. In the same, in the same time, we need the road. Yeah. So it's like uh, we have to get the balance. And we'll never get it, I know, <laughs> but we're going to try our best. And now for a final thought. We are currently in the midst of another perilous online moment where people are beginning to be concerned about the digital spaces that they inhabit, how long they will exist. I am talking about Twitter in this case. And what the lack of the space's existence will mean for permanence of our online lives, our online communities. And it caused me to kind of think back to when there was a call to or an urgency around divesting from Spotify. Now, what struck me was the reactions that some folks had to it, a reaction that revolved around, well, I I don't want to leave this place because this is where all of the music is. Of course, Spotify is of great convenience and Spotify does have a lot of music. But I really loved the moment in the interview where Fatumata introduced the music of Kao Jara, who is someone I never heard of. And of course, if you go to Spotify, he's not there. To get into this mindset that one place has centralized all the music that has ever been recorded does a real disservice to the vast history of music, traditional music from places that are not the West. Uh, And beyond that, traditional modes of recording and sharing music that are not recorded quote-unquote well. I'm using large scare quotes that you cannot see, but recorded well uh, and therefore do not have a home in a digital space like Spotify, but still exist on YouTube or exist via field recordings or exist in all of these ways that can be found, but it takes work to find them. There's a real pleasure that comes with the seeking out of music. And there's a real pleasure that comes with the labor of knowing that there is music that you have not heard that exists millennia before we existed and there's music that is existing in places where we don't live in places where we've perhaps never visited there's traditional music there is music deeply imbued with the history of a place that does not exist on a streaming platform there is a world of music that even the most eager of music lovers uh, have not heard or experienced and I, I hope that we can seek that out This has been Object of Sound from Sonos. Thank you to our guest this week, Fatumata Diawara. To hear all the music in the full version of this show, listen on Sonos Radio at radio.sonos.com or in the Sonos app. If you like what you hear, go ahead and rate it and share it with your friends. This is a communal thing, music discovery. So tell us what you like about the show and what you're listening to. Let us know your thoughts in an email at objectofsound@sonos.com. You can follow the show at Object of Sound on Instagram. This show is produced by Work by Work. 
Scott Newman, Gemma Rose Brown, Kathleen Ottinger, Rhiannon Corby, and by me, Hanif Abdurraqib. The show is mixed by Sam Baer. Extra gratitude to Joe Dawson and Saida Blount at Sonos. I'm always talking about music online on Instagram and Twitter at Neef Muhammad. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for being a part of the show. <laughs>